Hi, this is Lindsay Wagner, and I will be next on On Screen and Beyond, so join me and Brian. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to Episode 90 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zimrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on new and rumored DVDs and movies. And each week, we bring you a fascinating guest in our interview segment. Back in May, on Episode 48, we chatted with Lee Majors, the $6 million man. And this week, we are joined by... Lindsay Wagner, the bionic woman. That's right. Right on this show, she'll talk about her career, her holistic uh, workshops, and her new CD. So stick around. You don't want to miss this interview. It's right here on On Screen and Beyond. And let's see. Uh, some of our listeners had emailed in asking us if we could get in touch with Lindsay and get her on the show. And luckily, we were able to do so. And uh, if there's, uh, it's such an honor to speak to her. But uh, if if you have a suggestion and you would like us to try to get somebody on the show as our guest for an interview, uh, just email us the suggestion at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll see what we can do about it. Uh, we never know if it's going to happen. We we try to connect with the people, but uh, sometimes we can't or they're unavailable. But uh, we'll keep trying. So uh, send it to us, and we'll see what we can do. So let's get going with Remake Madness coming up right here. Now, on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. On Remake Madness, well, the remake of uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon that we've talked about before had seemed to stall out for a while, but now it seems that they're ramping it back up again. When one director backed out, things looked pretty dim for the film, but now they're in talks with another director who will take over. And the story of Dracula is going to be remade in Vlad. And it tells the story of the Impaler's years as a young prince. And we're looking for a 2012 on that one. And in 2011, it'll bring us a remake of Overboard, which starred Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn in 1987. And rumors are that Catherine Heigl will be in the starring role that Goldie Hawn once had. That's about it for Reakes. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming movies and rumored movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Upcoming in rumored movies, George Clooney will star in The American out on September 1st in 2010. It's about an assassin who hides out in Italy for one last assignment. And in 2010, Mickey Rourke will star in a film called Broken Horses. And 2010 will also bring us The Big Bang, starring Antonio Bandaras in a film about a private detective who is hired to find a missing stripper, and everyone he questions ends up dead. And that's uh, about it for upcoming and rumored movies. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, it looks like the sequel to 300 will be a prequel, and this one will be set on telling the story of the Battle of Marathon, which takes place 10 years before the Battle of the 300. And it seems like James Cameron is already talking sequel, or actually sequels, to Avatar. He claims it only makes financial sense to do so. Well, we'll see what happens with that. And John Favreau is directing Iron Man 2, of course. It'll be out May 7th, 2010. Had to double-check that one. But uh, he will also be playing a small part in the film. He's going to play the part of Hogan. So 
keep an eye out for him on that one. That's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. As far as TV on DVD, March 16th, check out Season 8 of Hawaii Five-O as it heads on to DVD and Blu-ray. And also Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, the complete series, will come out on DVD on March 9th, starring Jeff Goldblum and Ben Vereen. And March 2nd, look for Have Gun Will Travel, Season 4, Volume 1, as it comes to DVD, and it stars Richard Boone as Paladin. That's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, we're going to take you uh, down the road to find out what's coming your way as far as movies coming out on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) Movies on DVD, December 22nd, look for All About Steve, starring Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper. Also on the 22nd of December, 500 Days of Summer makes its way onto Blu-ray and DVD. And finally, Jennifer's Body arrives on DVD on December 29th, and it stars Megan Fox, who gets possessed by a demon. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we have our interview with none other than Lindsay Wagner, who played Jamie Summers on the original Bionic Woman, that's right, and she also was on The Six Million Dollar Man with Lee Majors to start out, and uh, she talks about her career, she talks about her new CD that's out, she talks about a lot of interesting things, and it's all right here, you're going to love this one, stick around right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress who in the 70s won an Emmy for her portrayal of Jamie Summers in the hit TV show The Bionic Woman. She currently conducts workshops and retreats to quiet the mind and open the heart, and she has a new CD out called Open to Oneness. It's a meditation CD. It's Lindsay Wagner. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, Lindsay. Thank you. Lindsay, it's so nice to have you on the show. It's such a pleasure. And um, I was very intrigued when I found out that you had a new CD out. Uh, can you tell us a little about, uh, you know, about the CD and what inspired you to come out with that? Yeah, well, I've been doing my workshops, and one of the things that we do in the workshop is a particular uh, meditation that is opening to some of what I call our higher qualities, if you will, to um, peace and love and joy and creativity and health and nothing that is new to anybody, but to be able to just sit and relax long enough to quiet the mind that worries and stresses and resents and, you know, all of that kind of stuff long enough to um, be able to allow that which I consider to be our true nature to surface and kind of uh, override that other stuff that we deal with all the time is one of the things we do in, in the workshop. And so at the end of the workshop, people have always been asking me, uh, how can I do that at home? I don't meditate well. I'm not a meditator at all or various things. And so that's really what inspired me to do it. And I thought, well, why not just uh, work with a composer and get the, the, the flow of the music that I want and the particular keys that I wanted in and and uh, and then put my voice on the beginning of it to as kind of an invocation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, to just invoke and call to that part of ourself that's inside here. And, of yeah. course, we're always trying to find it outside of ourselves, right? <laughs> I'm going to go out there and look for some peace. I'm going to go out there and, <laughs> like, in here, I, gotta, I need this to make me happy or to make me feel content or, uh, or to feel safe. And most of that really comes from within. And uh, so, so that's, uh, that's kind of what stirred it all up for me. And mm. one day I just... You know, you, I'm sure you've had that experience with one thing or another or many things in your life uh, where you just wake up in the morning and you go, you know what, today's the day, and you just, boom, it's just clear in your mind. Right, yeah. And you just go and do it. And I did, and with, gosh, within, talked to, called to a friend of mine who, who helped me produce it, and and uh, he introduced me to a composer that he works with when he does his documentaries and some films, and... Uh, in four weeks, we took delivery of it in England at a workshop. It was just one of those things that fell together. The whole universe just went, 
Okay, yeah. sure. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> it was pretty hectic doing it all I'm in sure. four weeks, but <laughs> and 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 humorously a challenge to do a relaxation meditation <laughs> you know. uh, CD. In a hurry. Right, yeah. I was just going to say that. You know, here you are trying to, to make people relax, and you're rushing to get this done. Because... Right. You know, what, what I found, it was so beautiful, and it, and it made perfect sense to me in retrospect that it kind of all happened that way. Yeah. Because that is the challenge, is to stay centered no matter what's going on around you, and that is, in fact, what we work on mm-hmm. in my workshops. Yeah. is how do you stay connected to that center, that, that pure part of you that's connected to the universe or God or whatever your language would be mm-hmm. when things are going crazy around you. Yeah, and, and this time and of so year... it was a constant reminder while we were doing all of this to, um, or a constant, when I say, say challenge, yeah. And, and it was great. We all just, it was, it was really a, a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. I felt like we all really did really well because yeah. we we're all doing other things at the same time oh, Abel yes. was working yeah and, things just don't stop <laughs> and uh he was working on yeah some documentaries and i was moving literally packing and moving my home and getting ready to go on a three-month tour it was so it was quite an interesting time but we were all very happy with the with the results and, and, and uh, people can actually go to your website and listen to samples of it correct yes yeah that um, you can get to it by way of lindsaywagner.com or Lindsay Wagner International, which is all about the workshops. Mm-hmm. Uh, lindsaywagner.com is in process. It's kind of it's going to be more about me and all my various interests. Mm-hmm. Right now, it just looks more like um, you know another thing about my workshops. Yeah, gateway. Okay, uh, yeah. But it's being built slowly. We, you know, anyway, that'll that'll morph. But um, and we actually have, of course, the um, uh, website for the. CD itself, which is opentoonness.com. That's the name of the CD. Mm-hmm. But if you forget that, anybody, you can just go to lindsaywagner.com, easy one to remember. That's right. And yeah. get into the uh, CD. Yeah. And we're, also, there. we're also going to put a link on our site um, so people can uh, that listen oh. to this interview, they can just click and go. Uh, actually, we're going to put two links. We're going to put one to the lindsaywagnerinternational.com and we'll put one to the opentoonness.com. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Yeah, yeah great. And uh, uh, like I say, this is the busy and hectic time of year for everybody. So uh, I, I listen to some of the samples that you have on there, and uh, I can see how that you know, just sitting back and just listening to those could could calm you down a little bit in this hectic season like this. Yeah, yeah. There's actually, if somebody wants to access it, um, like sooner than later, and uh, and you don't necessarily want to have the physical CD, you can. Uh, download it digitally. Oh, you do have that capability? Uh, we do have a digital download option on the Open to Oneness uh, website there. Oh, well, that's if, good. If you need to or want to or are impatient or you want to send it to a friend and you don't have time for Christmas, you can, you know, I guess you can email them the, the, uh, the I don't know exactly how that works yeah, internally, but you, know, yeah. you can go in and buy it for them yeah, on wow. the digital download and then email it to him somehow or whatever, however that works. Well, that's great, you know, for last-minute, you know, <laughs> gifts and things like that because, yeah. uh, you know, if, if people are like me where they wait to the last minute to be shopping. <laughs> God bless the Internet, huh? <laughs> right, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> um, and listening to, this, to uh, the samples that you have on there, you know, a lot of times things, certain ones just jump out at you. And uh, for me, I found that um, when I was listening to it, that uh, shifting, that that's a song. Shifting seemed to mm. be very. I found that very relaxing hearing that. Mm-hmm. Well, that is in fact, and you pegged the the deepest part of the meditation. Oh, really? That is the one that. Oh um, uh, well, and that's actually. I'm not sure. Wait a minute. Um, the uh, yeah, no, water and light is actually the, the deepest, quietest part of the meditation, mm-hmm. yeah. and shifting is where. Um, where I don't speak, it's the one that I don't, I, I stop, I speak only in the first one, which is Crystal Cathedral, and then shifting is the one that starts uh, the silent part for, for you, without my voice, that um, really allows the, your own mind and, and spirit, if you will, to 
literally, and that's why we named it Shifting, to start the shift. The mm -hmm. first one is, uh, of course, designed to really get you calm and quiet, and then to, to be, start opening to the shift. Yeah. So you've designed... You've... It is a shift in perspective. It's a shift in your balance, your internal balance, your energy fields. It, it actually shifts and works on the chakra system, if you're familiar with chakras, and, um, and gets your energy field to start shifting. The relaxation is one thing, but really making a bigger shift than that is another. Mm -hmm. And and so the intention of that one is to just start letting go of of old patterns that that make it difficult for us to stay centered. Mm -hmm. And then water and light is you know we bring the elements in we bring in the sound of water of course and the and some birds and just nature to get you more in tune with that from uh, from which we come on a physical level you know all the elements in our body and. Um, so, so it's it's all. I love hearing what people's experience is with it. It'll be interesting for me to hear. I'd love for you to, if you feel like it, shoot me an email sometime. Sure. And let me know once you hear the whole thing. Yeah. What your experience is then after that. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it was. Uh, it, it's pretty interesting because uh, you know, of course, everybody knows you from the Bionic Woman. So, <laughs> and here you are making a CD and everything, and it was uh, it was interesting to hear that and. I, I, I think it's a, a very relaxing sound from what I heard so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yep. so this and the all... end of, a, of course is designed, as you notice probably a little bit. And also, when you hear a clip, we can only—it's hard because the songs themselves have a journey. Right. They change during the. And so, what part of that journey do you put on the clip? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was—it was interesting trying to decide that. It was a hard decision. <laughs> um, but um, at towards the end of it. Uh, for listeners who don't know, um, uh, the by the end of it, you the songs get become more active now, mm -hmm. and uh, start to to wake you up and stimulate you a little bit to kind of bring you back mm. from that deep state of relaxation. Yeah. yeah that's so now, do you use this CD now in your workshops? Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, are you actually at the workshops? Yes. Are you conducting them? Yes, I do. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, we do two and three day workshops. I'm actually doing one in uh, South Carolina at the end of January. I think the weekend of the 20th or 22nd, whatever that is, oh. which again you can find on the Lindsay Wagner International mm -hmm. website. Um, and that will be a three day Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. So, so, that's so the first one we have. So people can be it for the new year. Yeah, so people can go. It's not just in the the Cal, you know Southern California area. It's all over. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's been all over the world. I spent three months in England and Ireland last year. Wow. Uh, doing many workshops over there for those months. And uh, I've done them in Mexico and Canada. And yeah. Well, we have listeners in all those places. Huh? We have listeners in all those places. Yeah, oh, great. Uh, you know, Wonderful. Of course, on the Internet, we get <laughs> everybody from everywhere listens, so, you know, they can just... Uh, Go to your website and find out if you're, you're going to be in their area. That would be right. Or if, if people are interested in hosting, what we do is we work with local coordinators. And Karen, uh, my uh, international coordinator, works with people who might want to host a uh, a workshop if there isn't one already set up in your country or your area. Mm -hmm. uh, we are always open to invitations. <laughs> huh. Well, that's good. Yeah. 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 Now, do you find um, do children go to the, to, to your uh, to workshops? No, I've had uh, teenagers a couple of times, and I've done some youth, a couple of youth programs just while I was in a town working and doing the normal workshops. The people had asked me if I would do one for the youth, and so I, I, I have done that. Yeah. And do you find them more receptive, the children um, or teens? Well. Depends, huh? <laughs> it's an interesting question. It's uh, because some of what I talk about, it you know, I, I don't go into as much detail uh, on a cognizant level with mm -hmm. the kids. Um, it, it's just it's different. You have to for what I do has to be altered for the youth, um, and, and yet it's it's just it's just the presentation because learning to relax, learning to not um, take things that come at you in the world 
personally, but learning that you can work with your response and that that's the most powerful thing that you can do uh, is work with your response. And, that, and, and in doing so, you actually end up changing the outside world instead of trying to change the outside world so you can feel better. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about, for me, it's all about working with your response to the outside world. Hmm. And so it, it, you just have to uh, do that in an age-relative way. And some of the techniques that I use are um, are great for, uh, or one in particular, the energy psychology is tapping on the acupuncture points in a particular way, in a particular rhythm, which is really easy for kids to use. They're very, um, they, they respond to it very easily and very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so they learn to treat themselves. All of that is applicable. Um, but depending on the age, the cognizant part of, of looking at how you got all these perspectives and programs and and looking for them yourself, the contemplative part of it. I don't spend so much time with the kids. If they want to get up and move around, and they don't have as much heavy-duty layers all over them right. like we do as yeah. adults. <laughs> they don't need as much you know, yeah. time. And, and kids need to move. There's so, so much energy, you know, yeah. and this is a pretty relaxing, the way I have it constructed now, it's very relaxing and contemplative and and, uh, and a lot of sh- emotional shifting going on. It's very emotional. Hmm. You know? So kids, it's a different approach. Um, they need something different, I think. Yeah, yeah. Although some of the techniques are exactly the same, and I, and I would re- recommend them for any kids, youth, little kids, big kids, yeah. as well as adults. They're, they're across the board applicable. How long have you been do- doing the workshops? Uh, well, let's see. The workshops kind of like they are. I've been doing it for about three years. Uh, I, I was doing for six years before that, or maybe five years before that. I was uh, doing, uh, I was co-facilitating with a gentleman um, for families that were struggling with domestic violence issues. When the men would come out of uh, jail, and in this case, we were working with the men who had been incarcerated for it, not uh, women. It was a, a program for men which is a lot more, more uh, kind of help for women than there is men in, in that area. Yeah. And so when the men were coming out from their incarceration period, they, they had the option to go through this program. Uh, uh, or it was really more like a support group to uh, integrate with the family and learn more constructive ways of communicating with each other yeah. and so that you don't get to that point where you're so triggered and also to learn to work with those triggers that come up because the truth is you know people say well that's not a problem with my family and you know i wouldn't relate to that and and the reason i started doing public programs was because people would come to saying what are you doing over there i want to well come on over you can come to the workshop anybody can come to the to the groups that we were doing it's open it was open although it was specifically focused at these families that were now reuniting mm-hmm. um and people would come to visit and see what we were up to and I'd say, well, I need that workshop after they'd watch it. And I said, I know, you know, we're not, we all fight about the same things. We all argue about the same things. Right, yeah. It's just that some people don't have that emergency overload switch. And so that's another thing that one has to learn. Yeah. It's so hot, you get so, you know, your chem- body chemistry shoots and you just, you know, you can't control it. People think that's a real choice, but it's, you know, it's not... So much of a choice in in that moment it's kind of like a blah, something an escalation that you can't stop until you start learning to deal with it mm-hmm. like anything else yeah and um so but the issues are the same and so the more people that said that to me they were encouraging me to start doing the workshops and i i just didn't necessarily deal with the particular um a couple of the things that we would deal with which had to do with body chemistry and and all that kind of stuff that specifically pertain to someone who ends up getting violent, regardless of who you're getting violent towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but other than that, it's, it's pretty much the same curriculum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just that I evolved. I, I didn't plan to go do out this. It kind of has evolved. I, I, was, um, I was helping someone and teaching them some techniques, someone that uh, James Beard, this fellow that works in the jail, um, on a regular basis with domestic violence offenders. And, uh, and he runs a beautiful program, and I was sharing some techniques that I knew because I have been doing a private practice for a, a long time. 
I've been studying this since I was in my 20s. Oh, okay. And it's, it's so people say, well, what made you start this? And it's like, no, I didn't start this. It's been my passion for since I was a young woman. And in fact, I probably, had I not been dyslexic and could get through college easier, I probably would have been a psychologist, not an actor. Wow. Oh, and because that's, uh, that's kind of what I wanted to do, but I was dyslexic, and it and it made it difficult for me to get through the uh, typical educational system. Well, today there's all kinds of help for you know for people who right, yeah. who have the learning differences, and uh, but there wasn't anything then, and they didn't even understand it. You know, in school they just pegged you either an attitude problem because you were obviously intelligent, mm-hmm. or they and you weren't trying hard enough. So what's your problem? You know, or <laughs> Or they would, uh, you know, deem you stupid, and 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 none of them were true. Yeah. Um. So, uh, it I, I was well into my adulthood before I realized what that was, hmm. and so but but it didn't stop me from from a very early age, like literally when I was twenty, I started avidly researching it and studying myself at my own pace, hmm. in my own way, and. So, uh, and of course, doing my own healing work, um, I uh, I have had some wonderful people and teachers in my life, yeah, and uh, counselors and whatnot that have helped me get through times in my life and learn about myself and and I just feel like I've been blessed with all this knowledge and this these techniques that have that are so effective that it just made me sad when I'd see other people who didn't have them. And then, of course, having grown up with domestic violence in our family and struggled with that, I really had compassion for the families that that were trying to deal with that and found myself helping a friend out with the jail program that they had going and ended up being a part of the program and starting the support group. And then, you know, so it was been a bing, 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 bing. Yeah, right, everything's (laughs) just falling into place, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, so here I am. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Huh. Now, I, I, I wanted to touch on, on some of your acting career. Uh, of course, uh, a few months ago we had Lee Majors on the show, so um, he talked a little bit about Six Million Dollar Man and, and uh, Bionic Woman. So um, I, I was just wondering, how did you start in acting? Um, you know, how did that come about? Well, interestingly enough, in, in keeping with everything else we've been talking about, it was uh, it was kind of therapy therapy therapeutic for me really uh the not intentionally by me but uh i had some uh used to babysit for these people he was an acting teacher and she and an actor and she was a ballerina and so they were both artists and they kind of felt like after they got to know me they offered me to come in and take um some kind of artistic lessons. I started out with the dance, but being dyslexic, I didn't know that was affecting me, and, and so I could I could do all the moves and the poses, but I couldn't do um, I couldn't do the sequencing for the dances. But they didn't. Again, people not understanding that type of cross wiring in the brain didn't understand what it was, and so it seemed like I wasn't able to dance for some reason. But because I could do everything except put two of these, three of these two of those, one of these, together, the sequencing was the problem for me. And so they were kind of, I think, covertly mentoring me and trying to get me to come out of myself because I was pretty um, uh, shy and and withdrawn with my feelings. I may have been overtly entertaining, so to speak, telling jokes or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, but not really sharing myself. And as artists, of course, being most artists are pretty sensitive to emotions and whatnot, and they... He just pegged me right away. So they offered me to come in, and I ended up studying with Jimmy um, after I tried the dance thing, and it wasn't so successful. Um, and uh, it was just like somebody had just opened the floodgates. 
because it gave me a place to express my pain because he gave me a, a Tennessee Williams play to start with called This Property is Condemned and it was about a young girl who was really unhappy and had a lot of family problems and so he very um, intuitively ended up giving me something that was good for me to be able to just get all my pain out but I didn't have to say it was mine mm-hmm. you know Yeah. and so it was a safe place for me to start expressing getting some of this, these feelings out that I would never talk about and um and so that was how it began for me. I, I really wasn't interested in acting or studying acting. Yeah. Huh. It, so it was, it was a, an interesting introduction to it. And then I found that as I was doing it, I thought it, it was such a lovely feeling to be able to share the deepest, you know, wounds that I had and, and share my feelings, all of my feelings, my happiness and my sadness, and have people enjoy it because I used to think that my, my sadness was a burden, uh, you know? Yeah. That attitude will just eat you up inside because... That's part of who you are, and if somebody can't love that about you, as well as, you know, all the supposedly good, categorically good right. things about <laughs> you, then, you know, then they're, they're not really loving you. Yeah. You know? And so uh, I started learning that from them, and that started my interest in it. Yeah. Now, and I thought, what a cool thing this is. And so as do you uh, remember and I f- happen to be good at it, uh, although most young people are. Um, yeah. And... Um, I got an offer from, a, back then, um, uh, they still were doing, they had a, a, the remnants of the studio system was still around, they were still contract players, they still mm-hmm. had talent scouts that would go look at uh, acting coaches uh, workshops that they would put on, and Jimmy would do that, and I got uh, an offer from from a studio to do a series, at which point he went, oh, no, 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 <laughs> you know, you're not ready for that. Emotionally, he, he talked to me, and by the grace of God, I listened as a young person. It was like, well, okay. So he, he encouraged me to wait until I was older and really kind of had myself grounded in my own, you know, in my own right. Yeah. Because it's, it's, very, it's a very tough and disorienting life. Uh, for a kid, for an adult, much less a kid, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Get shot into stardom. So, I I trusted him so implicitly, I guess, that I just believed him as as a one of as a mentor, you know. And I did. And and I said, how will I know when I'm ready? And he said, well, you'll just know. He said, you just listen to your, you know, you'll just know. You'll listen to your insides, and and when you feel like you have one good solid foot at least down on the ground on an emotional level as you grow up. You know, then then do it. Because, but keep studying, so you'll really be ready to go once you start it. You know, you won't be. Which is what I did. And one day when I was 22, it literally happened. Like somebody turned on a light switch. I woke up one morning and I uh, I just went. I think I'm ready. And I'd had a an illness, and I had gone through some. Um, uh, I'd gone through some healing processes that were not conventional medicine. I'd learned, someone had taught me to meditate and visualize and, uh, and heal my stomach through visualization. I had ulcers. Mm. And, uh, and they put me on a fast. I was working with an MD, a doctor who was very um, holistic in nature. And so he wanted to do as little invasive stuff or drugs as necessary. Yeah. And so I actually healed it without surgery. Wow. Jeez. And that began this other journey for me, this studying of all of the different types of naturopathic healing, spiritual healing. I just became very enthralled with homeopathic, herbal, all of, all of the uh, more natural ways of, of healing things mm-hmm. yeah. when possible. And at one point, actually, in my acting career, I was, I was almost about to quit and become a homeopathic doctor. Oh. I had been studying homeopathy as well. And uh, so it all kind of started. That was a critical year in my life when oh. I was 20, just before I turned 21. Yeah. I had that um, healing going on, and I learned to meditate and learned how powerful visualization can be um, for healing your body and your mind as well. Yeah. Um, today they call it quantum physics, you know, to <laughs> <laughs> focus on what, what you want to be true and let your mind feed that with your life force and you know, uh, and you start manifesting it, but, um, and so it was a, it was a real big year. I don't know if I got off the track of what you were wanting to talk about, but. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, now when they approached you 
and said, we want you to play a woman who... Oh, oh, that's what you asked me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. So I forgot the one beat. I'll, I'll give you this in, 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 in the answer to your... other part of the answer to your question um, is that when I woke up and said, I think I'm ready, I called a friend. And this is on the practical level what happened. Um, and he was working. He'd been watching me when I was a kid because he lived in the same apartment building. He'd come to watch the showcases that we put on when I was studying when I was very young. And um, he kept saying, when are you going into the business? When are you going into the business? I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'll know when I'm ready. He tells me I'll know when I'm ready. <laughs> so when I woke up, I called him. I said, Pete, because he was working at Universal at the time. And I said, um, we'll, uh, I, I really think I'm ready to start this now. And he said, great, Lens. We have an actor's strike going on. <laughs> and he said, your timing is pretty bad. <laughs> and, well, I just want you to know. So let me know. I'm not even sure what to do, but, you know, I just feel really ready. And he said, okay. He called me back that same day, and he said, um, you know, our casting directors here at Universal, the ones that work here for Universal exclusively, are just sitting there. They have to come into work every day because they're on salary. You know, the actors are on strike, but they aren't, and they, you know, so the Universal said, why don't you come in and start just doing readings for them? Let me see if I can set up some readings for you just to get used to doing that because that's what you're going to have to do. And I said, okay. So the next day, I went in, and I read for the casting director for Marcus Welby. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marcus Welby, as it turned out, had just gotten an exemption from the union to do a uh, to, to finish an episode. They had just started when the strike happened. Uh-huh. Okay. And so they uh, still had to hire a couple of small parts. And one was one was a nurse, uh, a private nurse, and uh, she just had a couple lines. So I went and I was reading for this fellow because that's the only thing that was happening. And and uh, they hired me. Hmm. <laughs> like the next day, they called and said they want you to do this part. I can't believe it. And I said I can't either. <laughs> and so um, I went in and and did the job a couple days later and. From that, the woman who was the head of the contract department called me and said she wanted me to come in and talk to her. She'd seen the dailies. So I went and talked to her, and literally it wasn't even a week and a half, and I was under contract to the studio. Wow. So it was, it was pretty outrageous, the, the whole... So how did you get the part of the bionic woman? Well, I'd been under contract for a year and a half by then. Mm-hmm. Let's see, wait a minute, was it a year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half. And years maybe um and i had been i'd done about 13 guest starring things on their episodic television shows and i'd done the movie the paper chase and paper chase and uh, and two people with robert wise Mm -hmm. and at that time uh yeah it was two years i was i was um just about ready to I wanted to leave the studio, and they weren't sure if they wanted to let me go, because as a contract player, you just work for them. They give you a salary, and then they charge whatever they want to the companies. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, so I wanted to go into, continue going into features, and they wanted to keep me, of course, because I was inexpensive labor for them right. in their television shows. And at that time, Universal had 75% of primetime television Wow. coming out of Universal Studios alone. And so they had a need, unlike the other studios anymore, for contract players on, on finance, to their financial benefit. And um, it was good. It gave us all you know, experience. And there was nothing wrong with it other than right. at a certain point, you know, it might be nice to be making your own money. <laughs> right, yeah, you want to break away. <laughs> and uh, so they wanted to keep me in, in doing that kind of television uh, and, and not even put me in, like, series, really, but... Um, and I had done these two features, and one was extremely successful. The other was uh, was with Robert Wise and, and would have been successful like all of the rest of his films, but um, but the content was very touchy. It was right at, at the end of the Vietnam War, and it was about a, a fellow who'd been in the war, and he deserted, and, and nobody wanted to see it. Yeah. They were just really upset about even the word deserter at the time. So there was no, so they just had to pull the movie off the, off after they put it out. So, mm. so I'd done those two features and wanted to keep doing features, and and that was so we were having this big battle, and eventually they let me go, and I did one more thing for them, 
uh, before I left, which was the Six Million Dollar Man two-part episode. And it was never intended to be a series. It was just intended to be a two-part ratings booster where, you know, you, it was a classic formula in the 70s where you give um, the star of the show a love interest and then you somehow get rid of them. Right. <laughs> and so everybody, oh, a love interest, let's tune in. I haven't watched that in a while and they do that and... You know, and that's what happened, and then with this one, they killed me. <laughs> right, yeah, that's the thing. They killed you off, and, you know, everybody thought, that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah, but... except the audience was furious, and the kids were all traumatized. Yeah. They didn't think about that. I mean, it's one thing with an adult show when you do that. But with the children, you know, the shows like Six Million Dollar Man, was, it was kind of the present day's um, icon, like previous generation's had Superman. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you don't kill Superman right. for kids. I mean, how, how do they, you know, that, that whole role model, iconic, um, almost um, archetypal, you know, stimulating of our, of our potential, you know? Yeah. The greater part of ourselves. And they just weren't realizing and thinking that that's, they knew it was popular, but they just weren't thinking yeah. know, about that. And so... That they had created the female counterpart of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, the quintessential mother figure—they killed her off, and dad stayed alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, uh, and so even hospitals. Uh, it was there was a couple children's hospitals. One I think in Boston, one in New York. Uh, people had written from those hospitals saying, "Geez, what irresponsible programming! What are you doing?" You know that wow. half the kids in the hospital were traumatized with that show. So that I was now gone, no longer under contract was making a, a feature up in Canada, a Canadian film, and um, called Second Wind. And the, um, they contacted me and said, would you come back? We, we need to bring you back to life. And you said, let's talk. <laughs> so, yeah, my manager got into it. and So we renegotiated, and I did another two-part episode just to bring her back to life so the kids would know she was okay and yeah. fine, and we're going to tune down her bionics and send her to teach school at the Army base, so she's fine. <laughs> You know, so we did that. And then the response was so big that the board of directors at Universal said, we got to make a series out of this. And yeah. that began the... Was it a physically demanding show for you to do? Oh, my gosh. It was incredibly demanding. Yeah. Were you doing a lot of the stunts that we saw? Um, well, I was doing... I didn't know more. I, I wouldn't do any more than a, than a one-story jump. I did a few of the one-story jumps. Even that. And is... <laughs> some of the other stuff, but... Um, I, I did, see, what was, what was so demanding about it was that, uh, well, I did a lot of the running, of course, and right. all of that kind of stuff, but we didn't have two units in those days. Action shows were kind of a new thing, in a way, and, and certainly a sci-fi action show was, Yeah. Um, to where, in order to do a jump up to a second story or down from one, you have to have three cuts to make that whole, that one jump. Mm -hmm. yeah. So not having a first unit and a second unit, which most people are very familiar with today of how they make action stuff, you send the, the stunt people off to go do all the second unit stuff and then the editor puts it all together. Well, so we, we would get to a location where we needed to do the stunt and... I would come in, and I, they would set up a scaffolding, and I would, I would jump, let's say, jumping off a balcony. I would jump off the balcony onto a scaffolding that would have to be built and, and disappear out of the shot. Right. I wasn't jumping very far. Yeah. And then the stunt girl, they would have the bag, you know, the airbag. Yeah. She would jump off the balcony and go through the air and end up on the, on the, um, on the airbag. Yeah. And then they would build another little platform of some kind, or I'd use a mini tramp, and I would jump a certain distance from height, from yep. a certain height, yeah. down to the ground and do the landing. So doing all of that with first unit may, made uh, our days absurdly long. I'm sure, geez. Uh, because we were really doing the work of two in, you know, separate units. And we had to do it within the same time frame that they would do any other show. And so where other shows were working 12 hours a day, we were working 16, sometimes 18, a lot of times, 18 hours a day. And, and that was just 
standard procedure. It wasn't even an exceptional day. Jeez. Huh. So it was grueling in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it made everything that we did on a physical level more because we were always tired. <laughs> I'm sure, too. <laughs> Now, in, in the early 80s, uh, the early 90s and late 80s, you did some reunion shows. Uh, was it kind of like going back home again, seeing everybody else, you know, all the people, you know, Lee Majors and the rest of the crew? When, I'm sorry. When, when you had your what? reunion movies? Oh, that was fun. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we were rested, number one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, it was really nice. All the pressure was off, and we were just there having the uh, time to make a movie, right. you know, which is very different than making a television series, um, which is really grueling under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Do you stay in touch with mo- any of the cast? Um, I probably see Richard more than anybody. Really? Yeah. I see Lee every once in a while when we do an event together. And, uh, but, yeah, he lived in Florida for a lot of years, and then I guess he's back in, the, in California again. But it just, you know, it just didn't work out like that. Yeah. Uh, Richard Anderson and I often will work together doing autograph shows, so I get to see him. A That's right. You were up in the Boston area just recently. I was, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be in Anaheim, I think, in April. Oh, okay. As it stands now. When, when I can't remember the name of it, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. These are probably the tougher questions I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Everybody has, has says, wow, that's a tough one. Of all the TV shows that are out there, new and old, what are your favorite shows? Well, I really like the new show um white collar you know that show no i don't know that one white collar i was trying to think what it was uh it's uh i just think it's it's clever it's it's fun the premise is fun and interesting it's not bloody it's not dark it's you know it's just television today is you know, it's what we used to call X and R-rated right. stuff. I mean, I just, it's just not fun. And and uh, some of the stuff that people consider to be fun, I don't even think is fun, yeah. you know. So for, to me, that show is, it's got a feeling of the old shows. People say, when are they going to bring out the old shows again? I miss the old shows. They, I, you know, I say, I understand, me too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because even though you're doing espionage, it, it could it could still be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I Spy was fun. Oh yes, yeah. Funny. Um, you know, doing serious content, but made it fun. All in the Family was one of the most brilliant shows I think ever made. Oh yeah. yeah and uh, so today, it's it's uh, there's something else called leverage, which again is 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 more fun. But 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 white collar is just. I don't know. It, it has that lightness, hmm. even though it's still a caper. You know, people like capers. <laughs> it's caper-oriented. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of, those are some of my favorites, I think. And what, what about, uh, one more was, uh, as far as movies, all-time favorites movies. Hmm. favorite movies. Um, <sighs> that's a tough one, huh? <laughs> There's so many good movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I could name a few. I love the movie Gandhi. Yes, yeah. Um, I love the movie Harry and the Hendersons. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, I love, uh, let's see, what other movies have I liked? Oh, I should have thought about this, huh? Well, no, this happens all the time, but I always like to ask the question because it gives people a little more insight into the person, you know, what type of movies they're, you know, they like to watch and things like right. that. Um, I think as far as comedies go, a movie called, uh, there, were, there were two that came out not too far from each other, and they're more recent that, that I think more younger people would know. One was called, is it Three to Tango, Two to Tango? Uh, I, I, and the other was called Keeping the Faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those were, uh, yeah. Hmm. And kids' movies, I, will lots, I must admit, I, I just, again, people laugh at me because I don't really watch a lot. Right. <laughs> and, and I say, I just work here. You right. know, I, like work, I like doing the work, but I like watching it. So, um, so I've, I think I've seen more... Uh, family movies and kids movies because I was raising my kids. Yeah, at, yeah. you know, twenty-seven years. So, um, 
so I'm more familiar with that batch of mm-hmm. <laughs> films than I. Yeah. So I, I realize these po- things are popping up because they're the most prominent. I've seen them more than more than I've seen. Them. Right, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, when you're yeah. a parent, you tend to see movies, the same ones, over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, and so that's what stands out in your mind when you start thinking about movies. Yeah. Um, for, again, a family movie that I thought did not get enough, nearly enough attention, that I thought was doing a brilliant, brilliant job of educating kids at this, you know, or, or talking about ecology in a way that, that was fun and, you know, not bashing you over the head with it, but was, um, it was an animated film. Robin Williams did the voice, what the heck? Fern Gully. Fern Gully, yes, yes. Yes, to me that didn't get nearly enough attention. I, I thought that was a brilliant film. I enjoyed it as an adult, not just sitting watching with my kids. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, it, was, it, was, it was really tickling me being an environmentalist anyway. In a lot of ways, um, I was really enjoying the messages and the way that they were doing it. Yeah. And the way that they were talking to kids like the, you know, the mentor of... of the, the little fairy, the star of the movie, her mentor was talking about finding the answers in her heart and, you know, and, and visualizing something. And it was very meaningful in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. They put a lot of good stuff in there, and yet it, it, it wasn't in any way preachy or odd. Or, right, yeah, yeah. It was just, I thought, a really fine job of writing. Yeah. Well, um, Lindsay, I, I appreciate you taking the time, and I know we've gone a little longer than what we had talked about, but I, I, happens. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, and I want to um, uh, you know, remind people to go and go to your site, opentoonenes.com or lindsaywagner.com or lindsaywagnerinternational.com, and they can uh, check out your CD and your workshops and your, your, your just general career. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, it was really nice talking to you. And of course, we want to thank Lindsay Wagner so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. And it's so interesting to hear all the things she's involved with, her career, and of course, her CD and her her um, workshops and all that. And you can check out her CD. And uh, like she said, there's a digital download of that, or you can just order it if you want the hard the hard thing to hold in your hand. And you can get that at opentooneness.com. That's O P E N T O. O-N-E-S-S dot com. Okay, and you can listen to samples there, like I said. You can purchase the CD if you want the hard copy, or you can get a digital download, whatever you like. And it makes a great gift for this time of year and the holidays, and um, and uh, it'll give you something to relax to because there's just so much going on right now, and you can, uh, you know, all these hectic times, you can just listen to it and chill out. And uh, uh, we also want to wish uh, all of you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a Happy Holidays. And I want to thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy the shows we've been doing so far. We have many more coming your way and hope you're going to enjoy them. And join us next week for uh, another great episode of On Screen Beyond, episode 91. It'll be after Christmas. And until then, this is Brian. Take care.